So as is typical for this particular session, you know, I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? Honestly. And I thought I had something, you know, prior to coming up here, thinking, all right, yeah, I could talk about that. That's something you've been talking to me about, right? So I'm sitting over there while she's, you know, leading you guys in your pot of dieus and your whatever, you, you know, all of that. And I'm saying... I'm saying, Lord, what are, you, what are you, you sure? What should I talk about today? And all of a sudden, I, I remembered what this, this um, session is called. What's it called? In your, in your outline thing. Prophetic service. Prophetic service. I looked at that before and said, what the heck does that even mean? Prophetic service. I mean, think about it. Why, why do we call our Sunday meetings services? Who or what are we serving? We, you know, we're coming together, we're just doing this, you know, uh, singing and standing up and sitting down when we're told and, and, and listening to the message. I don't know, it always struck me as kind of an odd term for our gatherings when, when there ain't a whole lot of serving going on in the church. There's some serving by the people on the platform, obviously, doing their thing. And we can be thankful for that, that they're doing what they're supposed to do. So anyway, I'm, I'm you know, this is just, here is an, an insight, a glimpse into what is my mind. All right. You're now... Entering into that twilight zone called my mind. So instead of being all spiritual and like, oh, look at the glory of God as you people are moving like that, because I can't move like that. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm death on wheels when it comes to dancing. Um, you know, so instead of, I'm like, what am I going to talk about? Because all of a sudden I'm like, ah, I don't know about that, what I was going to talk about, right? So I, I think of this, the title of, of this thing, Prophetic Service. Oh. All of a sudden, there's like some wind. You ever get some wind that just kind of comes over you on certain things? Anybody ever have that? How many of you never had wind? You just don't want to admit it, that's all. All right, I understand. I understand. You can repent a line later. So, so that, when the Holy Spirit just like... So, we're going to talk about prophetic service. So, open your Bibles or your Bible apps to 1 Corinthians 14. Which is about one of the most detailed explanations of prophetic service in the entire Bible. Did you know that? Are you awake? (laughs) It starts already. I'm going to make you get up and do the calisthenics again. (laughs) All right. So, 1 Corinthians 14, Pursue love, yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Especially that you may prophesy. So this prophetic gifting is not simply a throwaway, a nice idea, a suggestion. This is actually a command from God Himself. 
Pursue spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. By the way, did you realize that this verse debunks the teaching that was prevalent for years that you only have one or two gifts? Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, I was taught that. All that you have none at all, John. What is really? I don't know. Oh, the dispensationalists. Yes. Well, we leave them in their own grave clothes. That's their problem. The Lord will waken them up at the right time. I mean, He loves them. He really does. These are people that believe that that the gifts and everything died out with the disciple, with the apostles. Okay. So, thankfully, we don't believe that. <laughs> But yeah, desire earnestly spiritual gifts. That means whichever gift you need or you want, go after it. Just go after it. You have permission. <laughs> but especially prophesy. You know, he says, The one who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands. Right? Unless you get a, the interpretation if I start going, What did I just say? I don't know. <laughs> no, that's Shanda. <laughs> Get in a Honda, I know. So, so without having the interpretation, you know, it, tongues are great. I love tongues. I, how many of you pray in tongues here? Look at that. Almost everybody. And I'm not going to make you raise your hand if you don't. But let's just take a moment right now and honor Holy Spirit. And I say right now in the name of Jesus, if you have not yet received your prayer language, I release that to you right now because that is your right as a child of God to be able to speak in that prayer language, in those tongues, so that you have an, a heart-to-heart -heart connection with Father that is absolutely unparalleled in any other way. You can pray what's on His heart, what He wants you to pray without even realizing, what am I talking about? And there's breakthrough. There's breakthrough in praying in tongues. So receive that today. Expect that you're going to start to hear these crazy, wacky words in your head that that make you feel like you're 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 drunk or something, gibberish. But that's the Lord, and if you open your mouth, you'll be able to speak those things. You will, I promise. Even if you do the go to a Honda thing or get in a Honda thing, <laughs> start with something. All right. Anyway, moving right along. So, we speak mysteries by praying in tongues, but, verse 3, the one who prophesies speaks to men, and I'll, I'll be politically correct here, men and women, speaks to men and women for edification, exhortation, and consolation. Now, those are what's called the parameters. Ooh, that's a big word. <laughs> The parameters, the boundaries of prophetic ministry are described for us right there in that verse. Okay, Some versions will say, uh, what, what are some of the other words that you guys have? Because I always forget this. I'm, I got, I'm a New American Standard guy. Okay, New American Standard. It's the best. Get it. No, I'm only kidding. Sorry. So, so edification, exhortation, consolation. What is that all about? Well, we know how to edify, right? When we edify somebody, what are we doing? Wow, you got, see, see how smart you are? You actually retain some stuff that was spoken in a sermon. 
That's a miracle. Scientists tell us we only retain about 10% of what we hear. So, so by the time you get home and tomorrow, you're going to forget almost everything I said today. <laughs> Y'all going, no. All right, give me your phone numbers. I'm going to call you up tomorrow and say, hey, what did I talk about? Uh, 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 something about prophetic, uh, uh. <laughs> prophetic cars, exactly. There we go. This will be one big game of telephone. You ever played a game of telephone? You start out with something, and by the time it gets to the end of the line, it's like, what? What language are you talking in? All right, so, um, I'm, I'm, you know, there's something about you guys, because I am normally not this kooky. I'm serious. I am normal. People know me. I'm, I'm not somebody that's typically up here joking around like this and, and, and whatnot. Either that or I just stepped into a whole new season. Glory yeah. to God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I play around with that all the time because, you know, you, you know who I'm talking about. Now, maybe not specifically, but you know the kind of people that that's how they preach. They like to add the uh on the end of every word. Jesus, ah, you know, glory to God, you know. <laughs> That's not me, you know. I just, I try to just keep it real, keep it, you know, calm and, you know, and all of this and stuff. And you guys are bringing out the very worst in me. I just, I don't know what it is, you know. What, what manner of strange anointing is this, Marie? Is this, is this what the Bible calls strange fire? <laughs> All right. So, anyway, so we have these boundaries that the Lord's put in place basically for our own safety. Seriously. Prophecy is no joke. You know, you, you are in effect telling somebody, whether you actually say this or not, you're telling somebody... I have a word from God for you. <laughs> right? Isn't that what it is? So, so the Lord said, oh, I, I, you know, these people that are, that are just launching out and starting out in prophecy, I'm going to give them a dull sword. Otherwise, they're going to hurt somebody. I'm serious. So the boundaries He gives us are, are so easy to understand. Any word that the Lord gives you for somebody is either going to help strengthen them in their faith, right? Is going to encourage them, which is another way to say exhortation. Exhortation is not, by the way, hey, you're supposed to do that when you get going. What's wrong with you? That's not exhortation. That would be condemnation. Okay? And unfortunately, a lot of us have grown up in an environment where our model for prophecy is those awesome Old Testament prophets who did nothing but call down fire and brimstone and judgment upon the land in the name of God. You're all going to die. Oh my <laughs> That's a lot of what was done back then, right? It's like they, they, Israel messed up and, and the Lord sent a prophet and said, you guys, you're, I'm, I don't love you anymore. He didn't say that, but you know, in the, that's the gist of it. So yes, we, we were kind of all used to that, that, well, that's prophecy right there. No, it's not. Why? Because there's nothing encouraging about condemnation. 
there's nothing encouraging about shame. Right? Nothing encouraging at all about making you feel like you're worthless and there's something wrong with you and why should you even bother? Why'd you even wake up today? And I've heard prophecies like that. It's like, you know, you don't get yourself right with God. You might as well just go home now. Tell him to take you home. Okay, I'm so glad I'm not under your ministry. Because <laughs> I'd be pulling the sword out of my back every day. Right? So, so, so we're, we're going to build up. We're going to encourage. And then this last word, consolation. Makes you think of a consolation prize, right? Oh, there, there, you poor thing. Let me give you a consolation prize. You know, wait, what's the thing they do now? Everybody gets a, a, an award for participation. Here's your participation award. You didn't win anything. You didn't do anything. You know, just but here, you showed up. Here's your gift. Here's your here's your your trophy, right? No, that's not what it means. Consolation. I love this. Do you realize that in the prophetic? We can actually speak and release something of the love of God that maybe the person never experienced that level of reality of His love for them. And so when, when we're given the privilege to say to that person, oh, you know, you might have heard this before, but I just need to tell you again, God loves you. You are the apple of his eye. He smiles when he sees... He's got your picture on his refrigerator. That's how much he loves you. Right? Whatever it might be, that idea of consolation is truly to give people an encounter with the love of God. Like, maybe they haven't had in a long time. Or maybe they never had something like that. So we get to do that. Right? So those are your, your, your parameters, right? Well, you might say, well, gosh, what about, you know, words that have to do with direction and correction and all those kinds of things? Well, you know, I'm not saying that that's not part of the prophetic, because if I did, I'd be lying. Right? Those are definitely part of the prophetic. But here's the deal. Until you have mastered how to give a word that edifies, encourages, and consoles and shows the love of God, until you've mastered that, you really want to dive in the deep end and take a chance that you might screw up? This is somebody's life that we're talking about. You speak a word to somebody. I hope I put the fear of God in you right now. You speak a word to somebody and it's not spoken out of the love and the grace of God. Come on, how many of you have received words like that? Can we be real here? You've received words like that, that were, were supposed to be prophetic words, but they really were ended up to be nothing but criticism and telling you what you did wrong and all these sort of things, right? It's no fun. You know what you call that? You know what you call those kinds of words, by the way? Curses. Right? That's all they are. They are words that are not from the heart of the Father. Any word that's not from His heart, only one other place, only one other choice, right? So this is why we have to be careful about this. And, you know, again, until you have grown and developed in your prophetic gifting to where you are verifiably accurate in giving words of edification, encouragement, and, and uh, consolation. Well, I was like, what the heck is that noise? 
like, oh, me my stomach, I ate already. Um, you know, until you're able to do that effectively, God's not going to entrust you with words of correction, you know, words that, that deal with giving people direction. And here's the other thing. 95% of the time, prophetic words are going to confirm what you already know or suspect. You know, many times, right, we get these little random thoughts or ideas and we think, oh, that's kind of weird. What the heck was that? Right? You know, really. Yeah. Move to Tulsa. That's so true. Right? Where God lives. You ever hear that one? <laughs> Tulsa, Oklahoma. Where God lives. That's where, that's where the faith movement really uh, got uh, established. So anyway, you know, you get these random thoughts like that, and many times, wow, we don't pay much attention to them. But we do know that they happen. See, one of the characteristics of Holy Spirit that we oftentimes don't recognize is just how dang spontaneous he is. I'm serious. He'll just pop something in your head and it comes so fast, you just think it's you. What the heck? Why am I thinking about that? You know, and and so many times when that happens, you kind of put it on the side. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's weird. So along comes somebody with a prophetic gift and they began to speak to you and they begin to say, God's called you to be a teacher. And you go, oh, I was just thinking about that. By the way, are you a teacher? Um, sort, of. sort of. Okay. You teach? How to heal people. Well, then you're a teacher. Thank God I got that one right. Woo! That would have been so embarrassing. So, 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 but you knew that, right? And just imagine when you were first thinking about it, and all of a sudden, I come up to you and say, well, God just showed me that you were supposed to teach. But actually, I was thinking about forgetting about that. You were thinking about forgetting about teaching. Whoa, how about that? See? See how much he loves you? Because, I mean, I'm just, I looked at you and said, oh, yeah, she's a teacher. And you are. That's amazing. You are. So whatever the lies were that were causing you to think that you might have to give that up and, and lay it down... I identify those as lies. You identify those as lies. And we cancel those right now in Jesus' name. All right? You will be true to who you are, to how he made you. You know what? If you put it away, you would be miserable. You would be miserable. Right? I mean, Paul said, how could I stop doing what I'm doing? I can't. Jeremiah said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. <laughs> right? So, so we are those who have and carry the very heart of God for people. And what is so amazing and wonderful about the prophetic is that it is a clear evidence of how much God loves people. Because think about it. He wants relationship with everybody. He doesn't want anybody left out of this good deal that he put together through Jesus and his blood. Now, there's a lot of people out there who have all kinds of misconceptions about God. Either because they were told lies or they experienced things that led them to believe that God is not nice. 
that he's always angry, that I can never measure up to whatever he wants. He's always disappointed in me or whatever. Or maybe he doesn't even exist. I don't even know if there is a God, blah, blah, blah. On and on and on and on. So how are these people going to ex- or, or be exposed to the reality of God except through you and me? Right? We are those who are equipped and qualified to actually communicate the heart of the Father to the people around us. So, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I want you to turn to the person either on your right or left, I don't care. And I'm going to I'm going to count to 10 and God's going to give you something for them. Ready? 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10. Look at that person and say The Lord wants you to know, and then open your mouth and say something. All right, you can finish that later. You can finish that later. Let's bring it back in, people. Bring it back in. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much. Oh, what have I, what have I caused here? I opened the floodgates. I know. All right, let me ask you this serious question now. How many of you had no idea what was going to come out of your mouth when you opened your mouth? Ho! And yet you had something to say by the time you got to the word no. The Lord wants you to know. Psalm 81.10, Donna, thank you very much. Open your mouth and I will fill it, the Lord says. You see how easy that was? Now, admittedly, admittedly, here we are in this nice, safe, warm little place where we all love Jesus and we've been just flowing in the spirit and it's like, oh, it's so lovely. So it feels a lot easier here, okay? But it's every bit as easy out there, okay? And I'm telling you what, we are in a season and a time where God is releasing the body of Christ to get outside the four walls and begin to make an impact. Come on. Now, I'm not saying this is true of you, but you all know that in many places, there's nothing but a bunch of fat and happy Christians that aren't doing a whole lot for the kingdom. Okay? You guys are the fanatics. You came out on a Saturday, on a nice Saturday as well. Right? To connect with the Lord and and be encouraged and strengthened yourselves, right? But it's time. It is time. My goodness. I, you know, I I wasn't going to talk about this, but I guess I have to. Um, The end of last year, you know how you do, you ask the Lord, okay, Lord, what's up for next year? Give me a word for next year, God. 
I don't know if you do. Anybody, who does that? Who, who asks God for a year, a word for the next year? A few of you. Okay. All right. I, I don't know. I come out of a tradition where, where you just basically, you have to do that. Somehow you're not being spiritually responsible. You don't ask God for a word for the next year. So, so. <laughs> laugh all you want, brother. I'm telling you what. It's just part of my, my tradition, you know, in my experience with God. So, so I'm asking the Lord. All right, Lord, what's up? What's up? And uh, instead of giving me a word for this year, he gives me a word for next year. <laughs> Hello? Did I skip something or did I miss something? I asked you for 2019. But you know what he told me? 2020 vision. There you go. The Lord said to me, son, I want you, I want you and my people to get a 2020 vision. Now, when I heard that, you know, my first thought is, see, I'm, I'm a, I'm a life coach, and I work with people on helping them to get their vision. Right? We had a couple of sessions today on the power of prophetic hope, which is all about seeing what God has for you and going after it. Right? So I'm thinking, well, okay, that's cool, but, but how do I share that? Because everybody's got a different vision. He said, oh, no, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. God wants us to begin to see ourselves in a very specific way. And this is how he told it to me. He says, son, I want you to begin to look and imagine yourself in that time frame. He's not giving me exact dates, just so you understand. There's no exact dates here. This idea of 2020 vision is going to happen sometime in that year. I just can't tell you when for you or me, because it really depends on each of us in our walk with him. But here's what he wants us to do. And I shared this earlier. Picture yourself. Imagine yourself. What would it look like for you to be Jesus to the world around you? How would your life be different if all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be Jesus? Yeah. That's not heresy. I'm not talking heresy here. Why? Because Jesus lives in me. He lives in you. We're one with Christ. So the vision, the vision is, what will my life look like? What will I be doing? How will I live if my intention is every day to be Jesus to the world around me? And so this year, this year, is the preparation for that. Alright? And God told me, I am gracing my people in an unusual way this year. And I am going to give you the ability to so focus on Christ in you, the hope of glory, that you will be able to begin to see what it's like to be one with Christ to have His capabilities, to have His anointing, to have all that there is about Jesus except for His divinity, to have that as being real and resident in you and in me. You think that might blow apart some of your limitations? I mean, really. 
The only thing that limits us is our own unbelief, our own inability to, to accept what God has done through the blood of Jesus. And so, if we are willing to embrace that, to embrace this, this journey that He's offering to us, that says, okay, God, you know what? I, I'm going to focus on this. I, I want to learn. I want to know what it means that I'm one with You. That I have the ability that wherever I am, wherever I go, I can be Jesus to that person or that situation because You're in me and You are Jesus. I'm not being anything other than what I already am, which is a container of Jesus Christ who happens to look like I do. I don't understand why he wanted to <laughs> express himself through this little short guy. Yeah, I mean, I am vertically challenged, you know. <laughs> How many of my vertically challenged people I got in the room with me today? Come on! Hallelujah! That's right. Good things come in small packages. You were just going to say that? See how prophetic you are? So, so, but that's, that's where we are right now. And part and parcel of that is, is so having the Father's heart for people because Jesus did, right? You know, Jesus never condemned or criticized or called anybody out. And I was just teaching recently on Isaiah 42, which is that beautiful passage where it says, A bruised reed he will not break, or a dimly burning wick will he quench. I mean, there's times I'll, I'll, I'll ponder that and it'll just bring me to tears because that's the very nature of our Father, the very nature of Christ, is that when we encounter people who have been bruised, how many of you know what it's like to be bruised in your life? You've been knocked around, you've been abused, you've been hurt. We all know what it feels like to be bruised. And some people would look at, at those of us that have experienced all these difficulties and how weak we are and how hard it is for us, and they would say, why are you even going to bother? Here, let me help you end your life. Seriously. There's a whole movement now. You know, that no problem with, with you know, giving you your, your ticket out of here because they just don't see any value in you because you're so broken. You're so messed up. But not Jesus. A bruised reed, He will not break. What will He do? He will heal and restore. And that's what we get to do. My goodness. We get to bring that into people's lives who we see, you know, just walking along, you're minding your own business, and all of a sudden, there's the Lord saying, go pray for that person. <gasps> Me? Come on, how many of you have ever publicly prayed for somebody for healing or whatnot? Good, good. That's great. How many of you want to do it every day? Yeah, that's it right there. See, every day. Now, will it happen every day? I don't know. It's not my job. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I'm not the one that makes that happen. He's the one that leads us. You know, and, and if you're having a bad day, okay, have a bad day. You don't have to, you know. I don't know if I'd want you to pray for me if you were having a bad day. <laughs> you know, I want to be sure that whatever you pray for is, is good. <laughs> um, so that, and, and the other one, a, a dimly burning wick, he will not quench. 
What's that all about? That's hopelessness. That's despair. That's depression that leads to suicide. You know, all of these things that that we get beaten down about and, and discouraged and like, oh man, I'm never going to amount to anything. I'll never be able to, to, to be successful. Whatever those things are. And we all know what it's like because we, we still hear that stuff. Right? Well, Jesus is the one who sees. <laughs> he sees that glowing ember in the heart of the person who's about ready to give up. And he, he absolutely does not say to them, what is wrong with you? Get your life together. Come on, straighten up and fly right. <clears throat> Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Oh, he doesn't do that. Instead, he simply walks up to them and goes, and blows on the ember until it flashes back into flame. And you know what? This is all in the realm of the prophetic. God wants to give you words like that for people who are that discouraged, that beaten down. He wants to show you those who are hurting on so many levels so that you can release what's in his heart for them. We use this little phrase when I teach people about the prophetic and how to flow in it. What God reveals, He heals. What God reveals, He heals. Anything that God shows you, get this, please get this. Anything that God shows you concerning a person's problem, difficulty, weakness, infirmity, sickness, you name it. Anything, any negative that God reveals to you about somebody, it's not... So you can go, oh, look what I know about them. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> some people act that way. Say, oh, I got some inside information about them. <laughs> you want to know about it? That little gossip machine starts going crazy. No, that's not why he shows us that. He shows us that. Because he's now ready to set them free, to heal them, to bring them out, to, to you know, move in wholeness in their life. And he's telling you, would you please do that for me? Would you please speak that word? Would you please release my power? Would you please do something? I'm showing you this because I've called you into the here and now. Now there might be, there might be certain circumstances where he shows you stuff because you need to be in prayer and intercede. That is a possibility. So you can always ask him, Lord, is this something that you want me to take care of right now? Or do you want me to pray into this and let you open a door for that to happen in their life? So, But those are the only two possibilities, guys. The only two. It's either he's giving you an assignment for the here and now to help that person in some way or to intercede for them until such time as he gives you the go-ahead or maybe bring somebody else along you know, for that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So this prophetic service, <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful because we are in service to the world. We are in service to the world. Why? 
Because, guys, we owe people a chance to experience what we have. Amen. It's like the old story of one, one homeless guy who finds all his food and he goes and gets his friends and says, Oh man, come on, I got a banquet here. That's what we're like, you know? We used to call them hobos back in the day, right? One hobo finds it and goes gets his hobo friends and says, Come on, we got such good stuff over here. That's what we're doing. And it'll happen in so many in so many different ways. I could go on and on. We could probably talk about this until midnight. Would you like to do that? No. <laughs> Only kidding. <laughs> but are you getting the sense here? This was evidently what the Lord wanted us to talk about today. Um, is there anyone here that has a burning question about anything that's happened today or maybe last night? Just wanted to open that up really quick. A, a burning question about what's gone on today or yesterday. You you want to you want to try to stump me? <laughs> it's time for stump the prophet. What can you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mess. What can I tell you? So, so um, anyway, I think we'll we'll call it quits at that point. Are you okay? You all right? Was this good? All right. Thank you.